0: to you a little bit early this week because I am going to California this weekend and we wanted to make sure that we had enough time to properly recap our days and not do it rushed. And so we're just checking in a little early this week.
1: Yep. Yeah, so it is, what day is it even? Wednesday. I'm always thrown off when it's a short week. So it's Wednesday and this will launch on Tuesday. So we're a little bit ahead, which is honestly pat on the back for us for being ahead. I feel like so often we are behind.
0: i know i know but um yeah so we're coming to you guys a little bit early this week i'm going to california to tour houses and apartments so hopefully by the time this airs i will like either have maybe possibly found one or in a good direction but anyways that's what i'm doing this weekend um Allie, what are you up to what's your week looking like so far i am being rooted
1: this weekend i feel Mm -hmm. like I, I just realized actually the whole month of February, I'm gone every weekend. So oh. I'm just enjoying these two weeks in Nashville and just being here and seeing my friends and getting into a routine. And it honestly feels really good. I kind of go through ups and downs with Nashville. Like I get so sick of it sometimes. I've been here for so long, but then I'm like sometimes in love with it again. And I just, I'm in that in love with it again phase right now. I'm meeting new people. I'm being out and about really helps. And I don't know. I'm just really enjoying my time here right now.
0: Well, that's good. That's how it should be. So I'm glad you're in the loving it phase um, right now. My week is also short just because um, I am going to California this weekend. I leave on Thursday. So it's kind of like squished my week into a shorter period of time but I feel like I've been really productive this week um I have been doing my cleanse still with mom and so that's been going yeah A.K. we went to Wap House but we're, we're semi back on track now um how long does this
1: cleanse last because I feel like y'all have been on it for so long
0: yeah it's 10 days however we've cheated like four of them. So I don't know if you like subtract, but I'm basically doing it until I go to California because I know that I won't be able to keep it like 100% while I'm there. Um, but it's really just to get me like more in the mindset of like eating healthier foods. But I feel like I've kind of gotten to the point now where I can tell like that I'm putting good things in my body and I'm like starting to feel the effects of that because the first like couple days I was just like super hangry.
1: Yeah. I um almost got suckered into doing Sakara. I've always wanted to do it just because I'm a huge fan of the brand, and they do so much influencer marketing, so I see it everywhere. and I really want to do it. it it's a meal um they like send meals to your home. It's like very clean, very healthy oh. the company. It's based in l a It's just a really cool company. They have a great podcast, the Sakara Life podcast, and it's so expensive to do. So I think I might just try it out for like three days a week and just see. But yeah, I think that it's good to just like do a little refresh, even if it's not for very long. Just do it like, you know, three days days a week, like Monday through Wednesday. Like maybe you're eating plant-based, maybe you're eating clean and then, you know, do what you want from there.
0: Yeah, I would like to find something in that family of like food delivery services when I get to California. Um, I did tell Kynan that I am very interested. Something that I'm going to be looking into is I really want to take cooking classes while I'm in California mm-hmm. because I really enjoyed all of our cooking classes we did in Italy and I'm just not the best chef. And I wouldn't say that I'm like, you know, an ace in the kitchen, but um, Just frankly, because like I just really didn't grow up like learning how to cook. I mean, in our family, like our dad makes most of the foods and I just like never really found that to be something I liked. And, you know, some people like get in the kitchen at night, they're cooking dinner, like that's their happy place. And like, quite frankly, it makes me just super irritated. So I would like to do something like, you know, HelloFresh sort of vibe where like it gets me more involved because it's definitely cheaper than eating out every meal.
1: So, yeah, I, um, I agree. My happy place is not in the kitchen. It's just frustrating to me to come home and have to prepare a big meal. My happy place is in the bathtub with my Kindle. Yeah, exactly. And, but I support that. I think you should totally take a class. I love a class. Like, I know. And I think it's a good way to meet people. It's a great way to meet people. And like, also it's a good, it's a good date too. Like when I was in Palm Beach, Herbie and I did a wine tasting class. It was like all wines from the Napa region And it was so much fun. Like, we just had the best time.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking into getting invested in some adult extracurricular activities. That is my MO. I would like to be in a book club, like to be in a cooking club, supper club, whatever the hell it is, I want to get involved because I want to make friends. And yeah, that's kind of my mission for my move. I'll keep you guys updated on that. I love a book club. My friend Diana just started one, and it's a
1: quarterly book club, which I think is so attainable. I feel like a monthly book club is just a lot and that's a lot of pressure, but once a quarter, like you can totally read a book a quarter.
0: What's a quarter? Like four months? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) A quarter is January through March. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you wouldn't know that if you weren't working in like an office environment. My brain still works in semesters. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I feel like you know you're a real
1: adult when your brain transitions from semesters to quarters.
0: Yeah. Well, I would like to soak up being in the semester then still. um, Okay. So what are some of your highs and lows from this week already? I know it's shorter, but. um, Okay. So my it
1: was probably Monday night. So I've been saying how I've been doing more activities and not just like staying in and watching Netflix and like getting cozy. And Monday I went to a show at Soho House and it was Colby Kalei and Gavin DeGraw. And it was so good. Wow. I was five feet away from the stage. There were like 100 people in the room. It was so intimate. And just like hearing Colby play Bubbly, my middle school self was just so excited. Or high school, however old we were. I
0: I feel like the Soho house is like your sorority. Like your adult sorority. (laughs) Like... For people that don't know, it's basically like a social, what like a club in Nashville, but I just feel like it's like- Well, it's all over club. the world, but
1: yes, they just opened a house in Nashville recently um, and it's just a great way to meet people. I mean, they have classes like you're talking about, they have volunteer opportunities, you can go work there, there's a big working space, there's a gym, fitness classes, saunas, like they really have it all.
0: Wow. I would love to be involved in a Soho house near me. That would be great. That's so cool. I know there's several in California.
1: I mean, honestly, like whatever community you're in, just like finding a group to get involved with
0: and like do activities with is like the first thing you need to do when you move somewhere. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, that's awesome. Seeing Colby Clay is so cool. I didn't even know that you did that. I did something really exciting this week. It was yesterday. So I'm in Oxford, as we know. And um, I went to a place yesterday in Oxford called Revive. It's a wellness center that opened in Oxford last April. And they had me come in um, to do some like videos and things for them. And I got to do a bunch of services. And this place, y'all, is literally incredible. So I think last week in our episode with Alex, we kind of talked about how we were both starting to get interested in like cycle tracking and all that stuff. So I wanted to get blood work done to get my hormone levels all checked out um, just because I've been on different birth controls and I think it's just good to like periodically check as you get older. So the first thing they did was draw my blood and do hormone checking. So I haven't got the results back yet, but I'll have those back in a few days. And then I did this thing called the infirm Neo and they put it on your abs and it's the equivalent of doing 20,000 crunches. And people see like the most crazy results. It like pulses your abs. It's so crazy. They have a thing called buddy abs that you can go in and do and like half the price with a friend and do four sessions. And like the before and after pictures were crazy. Like this girl who works there had a baby and she showed me her before and after pictures and like it was incredible. So I did that. And then I got an IV and I got just a huge bag full of vitamins. I've never done an IV for like leisure purposes And if they would have had this when I was in college at Ole Miss, it would have been a game changer because there were so many times I was hungover, like literally on my deathbed and wished I could have gotten an IV. Um, So I did an IV and then I did a facial and it was amazing. It was just like overall a day about like wellness from the inside out. And it was just incredible. And everyone there was just so chill and like made me just feel so calm. And I loved it. So cool. I love that Oxford has a place like that. I know. I feel like they're really like coming around with the new age kind of like focus on wellness. And I just, it was awesome.
1: I'm so excited about that. I'm coming. I'll be in Oxford like the first weekend of February. So
0: I definitely want to check it out with you then. I know, and I was like wanting to do the hormone level testing for so long, um, and I was just dreading like having to go to like a lab center and make an appointment yeah. and wait for like two hours, and it was literally like five minutes done. It was awesome. I just
1: got a bill for blood work that I had done for $400 on top of another medical bill I got for $1,200. i am like, if I get hit by a car or something, just leave me in the street because <laughs> I'm not going to a hospital or a doctor ever again, ever
0: again. <laughs> literally. I think I was speaking this into the universe because when I was in Brazil, um, kind of was getting some blood work done and I was like, oh, I really want to get some blood work done for my hormone levels. And he was like, oh, my doctor can do it. And I was like, maybe not in Brazil, like probably in, in Oxford when I'm at home. And I was just like speaking it and I kept telling mom and dad that I wanted to do it. And then I just kind of walked in there doing it. So yeah, I'm with you though. If I get hit by a car, yeah, leave me there unless someone wants to do a brand deal. And then take <laughs> Baptist Memorial Hospital brand deal.
1: No, it's just like insurance sucks. It's just one of those things that like you know nothing about until you actually need to know it. And it just like isn't ever fun. And it's never good. Yeah, totally. Um, Well, that would that would definitely be my low of the week is the medical bills that I've received. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I think my low of the week. Let's see. My love, of the week, honestly, like following your medical insurance issues would be my car insurance because (laughs) I just had to get my car insurance for my new car that I got last week and that was just super unpleasant all around. Um, But it's just so expensive and I, you know, in my head thought it'd be like $20 and it's unfortunately not. No, I I knew it was going to be expensive, but I just, you know... I was hoping for, for the best.
1: Is there a car
0: insurance company you can do a deal with? Um, We'll see. Stay tuned <laughs> to my feeds to find out. <laughs> oh, um, well, we aren't
1: loving health insurance. We aren't loving car insurance. What's something you are loving this week?
0: Um, I'm loving – okay, I know that like last week I talked about my Stanley Cup and how much I loved it, but I found a new love for my Stanley Cup because I've been putting – And like this segment is about little things that we love. So just like little things that bring us joy. I've been putting sparkling water in my Stanley cup and that has just been awesome because I feel like I'm just drinking, you know, I'm a soda girl. I love a good, a good soda. Everyone's having like mimosas and I just want a Coke, but I've been putting sparkling water in my Stanley and it just, it just hits, it hits a spot so well. So I've really been loving that. Yeah, I would say that's my love this week kind of falling off of last week <laughs> what's something that you're loving this week okay well also
1: something we talked about on last week's episode i am loving the 28 app oh yeah do you start you start doing it yeah i've been doing it and um i just recently this week started doing the recommended workouts for each day of your cycle like two days ago i did a slow flow yoga class and then Last night I did a um, de-stressing stretching class, and I just really like it. I mean, they're like twenty or thirty minutes, and you can do it in your bedroom. And you know, they also have like hit classes for different times of the month, and like strength. and It's just a really cool app, and I'm shocked that it's totally free. Like you don't have to pay for the workouts or the yeah. rec- recommended nutrition. Like it's totally free.
0: Yeah, it is crazy because the app has so much and it is free. So yeah, the app 28, if you are interested in doing like cycle tracking, um, that's what you've been using. And
1: I love it too. Yeah. It's awesome. I really like it. So what's something
0: that you're leaving this week? Hmm, Something that I'm leaving this week. Let me think. What am I leaving this week? I'll go first while you think.
1: Okay. Because I've given this a lot of thought. I am leaving behind one-sided friendships. Um, Oh, yeah. Like the more I invest time into my friendships, like I really appreciate the ones that show up and the ones that commit to plans and the ones that are just like always making the same amount of effort to like catch up and spend time together. And I'm just done reaching out to people that
0: don't do that. It's just not worth my time or energy. Totally. And I feel like, you know, it's so hard because maybe at one point, like they were a good friend. But just like as time goes on, like you guys tripped apart and like it's so hard to kind of cut the cord sometimes. But yeah, one sided friendships are nothing but draining. So that's got to go. We have to leave that behind immediately. Definitely
1: um and you know it's not like a specific person that comes to mind i think i've just like really appreciated the friends that i've been that i've been spending time with the past 2 weeks just being back in nashville and that's just one of the things that i really love about them is that they show up and they you know want to spend time together and they make the effort to do that so i'm really appreciative of that yeah i think that's just a really great
0: quality to look for in a friend definitely i think i'm leaving behind like in a similar style of yours like putting my energy into things that are not reciprocating like people you know asking you to do something like really evaluating if they would do that for you and not that it needs to be like you know I do this you do that but like just really being more careful about where I'm placing my energy I've done a good job this week of like telling people no about things even if it's like do you want to meet up and do this? And I'm like, oh, I actually can't. Like just more prioritizing my energy. I think I'm just kind of leaving behind like useless energy giving. Energy giving days where I'm just like giving my energy away. I'm really trying to work on that. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, for both of us, protecting our energy. You know, we haven't done
1: um, what we're excited about recently, but I am so excited. Speaking of my friends, um, my friend Natalie, she is like the world's most amazing human being. We met shortly after we both – I guess we met right after I moved to Nashville when we were training to be spin instructors, and we've just become great friends since then, and she just has such a heart for others and service, and she started her own nonprofit this year after working for another nonprofit for a long time, and it's called The Aloe Family, and every year – it's my favorite event of the year. She used to do it with the charity that she used to work for, and now she's doing it with The Aloe Family. It's called the Masquerade Gala of Music City. It's so much fun. There's live music, there's a silent auction, and all proceeds benefit the Aloe family, um, which is just a really cool organization. It helps people establish businesses so that they can become financially independent. And it's just an overall incredible organization. And Natalie is giving us a chance to give away two tickets to the event. It's in Nashville on Friday, February 17th and head to our socials for information on how to win and join me there. I'm going with a bunch of my friends. It's going to be so much fun. Get dressed up. I mean, any excuse to get dressed up is so much fun.
0: Literally. And I feel like we have such a good, solid Nashville group of listeners. Shout out to everyone who's listening to this in Nashville because every week I'm able to see like what our top cities are and like Nashville always represents. So, Hopefully, um, a lot of you guys are from Nashville listening. You'll be able to enter this giveaway. That'll be super fun. We actually have a lot of fun things coming up um, with our podcast in the next month, things we're very, very excited about. Um, So, yeah, we'll just keep sharing those and just, you know, keep listening to hear all of our updates and stay tuned on our Instagram for the giveaway. Yep. So, yeah, just super excited about all of that. Um, And... In the spirit of it being the new year still, I think we will consider it the new year all through January, honestly. Um, Our episodes since launching season two have kind of been focused on self-development, being our best self, um, managing our time. We've talked about fitness. Um, And this week, I'm really excited because we are talking about getting organized. And we have probably one of the funniest guests we've ever had on, this episode will make you laugh and like make your stomach hurt. So Sumner
1: Canfield was the home
0: at its first employee.
1: She was an organizer. She's grown in the company since then, but I am fortunate enough to get to work with her every day. And she's just the best, like so funny, so fun to be around. Just has such a unique sense of humor that I just, I love so much.
0: Literally, like I was just wheezing this whole episode. Like, I don't even I hope we can edit it out because I feel like I was in the background like <laughs> we were just laughing so hard. But Sumner's awesome. And as much as we laughed and talked about funny topics and crazy organizing stories, she also shared some good insight on how to get organized especially if you're just someone who's really not about that life kind of like myself and um if anyone can help you get your space into shape it's
1: Sumner she's been like there since day one she knows all the tips all the tricks she's a wealth of knowledge and we're just so happy to have her on the show today I'm so excited to have you on. I love you so much. We get to work together. You are one of the funniest people I know. So when we <laughs> wow. were talking about guest ideas, I was like, we have to have Sumner on New Year. People are getting organized. It'll be fun. It is a good,
2: it is a good time of year. I feel like people are feeling really, really motivated. But I love you too. And I'm so glad to be here with both of you.
0: Yay. Yes, yeah. we're very excited. I, for one, am not an organized person. Like Allie, it's almost comical. Like when we go on vacations, it's like you go into Allie's room and her closet's like perfectly done. Her shoes are in there. Like everything is separated, even on vacation. And mine's just like I take my suitcase and just dump it out on the floor and I'm like perfect.
2: Well, I have to be honest with you. When I used to go on trips, I used to be more like you than like Allie. And then I started traveling so much with Shayna, who we work with. And she is like militant when she gets into a hotel room about unpacking. And so she kind of, it was like, she never actually verbally bullied me into unpacking. But I think it just rubbed off on me because I was like, well, this feels bad if my suitcase is all over the floor and hers is like perfectly, everything's lined up. So she got me to start unpacking. And I have to say, like, I'm into it because you're like, oh, I live here now for like three days, which is kind of nice to take on a new identity for three
0: days and be like, this is my house. I live here wherever you this are my on vacation home. or for work. Welcome to my home. Sumner, I feel like you're literally like in my eyes, just the backbone of everything at the Home Edit when it comes to organizing. You're just like the face I picture in my mind. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into professional organizing and just kind of like your journey? I can. I would say it, it was I would say it was winding,
2: but I've also been working for the home edit since I was 24. So, like, it's not that winding. I mean, maybe I mm-hmm. was 23, actually. It's been a long time. But I studied political science and religious studies in college. So, not putting that degree to use. Thank you to my parents. <laughs> Appreciate you so much. Were you going to then- be a politician? Was that the plan? I didn't want to be a – that's what's funny. is Everyone's always like, oh, so you wanted to work in politics. I'm like, no, I didn't really want to do that either. I just needed to pick a major, and that felt like the right thing to do at the time. I think it's because (laughs) I went to Vanderbilt, and I transferred. And so by the time I had transferred, I didn't have that long until I had to pick a major. And so I just sort of was like, I'm from D.C. Political science feels fine. And so I picked it. But, like, no, I never particularly wanted to work in politics. So it, who knows? Really, who knows? Um, so when I graduated college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do at all. But I started working in Nashville at a furniture store, like a local furniture gift store, kind of just to make money. And I was like, okay, like I'm kind of into interiors. Like I like when the designers come in to like shop for pieces for clients, stuff like that. So then I started working for an interior design firm. And I really loved that. And I still love, I mean, obviously no surprise with this job that I currently have, but I just love houses and anything has to go on with it. And so I was working for the interior design firm and I really, really loved it, but I needed something else to do. And interior design is interesting because you're working with the same clients for like, I mean, now I can't even imagine with how long everything takes, but back then... I mean, you'd be working with someone for like seven months to a year. And so it's fun to bring the vision to life, but it takes a really long time. And so when I realized that, you know, there was this organizing company that had just been started in town by Clea and Joanna, I was like, This seems like you can sort of make a similar impact like on people's lives and on their homes, but you do it in a day. So it's like an instant hit of gratification. Mm-hmm. And if it's a terrible job or client, like you're done in a day, if it's great, you're done in a day for the most part. And so that, I guess I got a little restless. And so that turnover was really nice to me. But kind of speaking to y'all about your two differences, I think you do have to be kind of like a person who innately likes being organized to do the job because otherwise every day will be a living hell to you. You would be like so crazy and so just like bored slash enraged. And so I do think there's some sort of weird gene that, like, everyone who likes it has for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you want to hear Sumner's story of how she started working at the Home Edit, go listen to Best Friend Energy podcast. It was the first episode, right? Episode one? Episode two. I was after Danny Pellegrino. Episode two. Yeah. She reads the email that she sent Clea and Joanna, and it is comical.
2: I love that <laughs> um, Best Friend Energy tie-in here. I think that's
1: great. We love a little plug. Yeah, a little cross promo. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of like hard projects, what's the most bizarre experience you've ever had on the job? Bizarre
2: is for sure VHS pornography, like finding it, not watching it, obviously. But like, you know, I started doing this job in 2016. I don't think a lot of people were using VHS at that point. And... (laughs) I found, you know, just some good old vintage tapes, and that was the weirdest thing I've ever found. I was like, just like, do they have a device to use these? Like, why hold on to them? I guess you don't really want to take them to Goodwill. Like, that's weird. So maybe they just don't want to throw them away. I don't know, but like, they also like were not that old. So I was like, I don't think they even really use a VHS player that much. So that one was definitely, that was up there strange. So much stuff. I bet if you had asked me five years ago, if it was strange, I would have said yes. And now I'm so jaded that I'm like, whatever.
0: Allie, you know what you told me about one time that really stuck with me? And I think about it like a, a lot was um when you had to go on a project, I guess I was short, handed or whatever and you told me about how like the people had been collecting the lint they had from their dryer to use it as fire kindling every time i clean out my dryer i look at it and i'm like should i keep it people were collecting this should i keep it is this a
2: good collection but i think what's crazy and like ali you remember that they used it right like you said like for fire kindling and it's like so much (laughs) of the time when you find something that like you or any other person I think objectively would be like, I think this is just trash. People have like a real justification. They can <laughs> tell you a whole story about why you need it. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't
1: expect it would mean that much to you, but here we are. No, they like had a bin with a label that said dryer lint. Like it was a thing. But I'm like, a am a bad organizer because I just throw everything away. I'm like, oh, toss it, <laughs> toss it, toss it. And then like the actual organizer who's on the job with me that, or that has been on the job with me in the past is like, oh, then we should ask them if they want this. And I'm like,
0: throw it away. <laughs> no, Allie, you really are a savage. Like Allie, if, <laughs> Allie's helping you clean out your closet, she's like, what's this dress? And you can be like, oh, it's like, you know what I was baptized in. Well, you're not gonna wear it anymore. Throw it away.
2: <laughs> that's honestly good. Like, I could stand to be more like that. Like, I would say that I let people get away with a lot. Like, if you tell me a story, like I'll believe your story and let you keep it. The dryer lint, no, that's really hard. But other stuff, like, I I can get pretty soft about it. But I mean, to their credit, the dryer lint was labeled. So we love labeling. We love a system like that. <laughs> so that's, you know, a step in the right direction for sure. But I mean, it is, I've literally seen anything you can think of in a person's home, like truly anything.
1: Oh my God. Was there ever a project that you thought that you guys just couldn't complete? I mean,
2: I think if you take actual hoarders out of the equation, because that we will say like, you know, you need a different type of professional because it really is something different. It's not just like I'm disorganized or I'm messy. That's like, you know, there are therapists trained to help with that. And so there are some cases where we say like, you know, we're not a good fit for you. Like we're not going to fit for you. You're not going to fit for us. It's just not a good fit. But I think about throwing in the towel. I don't know. I think once you kind of figure out a game plan, you try to be really honest. Like if they have too much stuff, you're like, we've surveyed it all. We've seen what you have. We've seen what space you have and like only X amount of stuff will fit. And so if you want this to be like the greatest, best functioning, best looking space it can, you have to get rid of like three of your five can openers. And, you know, speaking of the justifications, like sometimes clients are like, I need all five. Like this one opens cans, this one I use, you know, as a hammer or whatever <laughs> it is. And that can be really tricky because if someone has really kind of sold themselves, this narrative, you can't be like, you don't use it as a hammer. Like that's a lie. They're a paying client. And so you have to kind of say like, okay, that's interesting. But those jobs are hard because you're like, we wanted to make it the best for you. And we're assuming that you hired us to make it the best for you, but like, we're not going to get there with eight can openers. It's not going to happen
0: oh my god that's so funny people are so interesting literally Mm -hmm. so have you ever been starstruck by a client i know you guys work with a lot of really cool people and the follow-up question to that would be Mm -hmm. who would be at the top of your dream client list like your dream client rotation who's there
2: oh my gosh okay have i ever been starstruck like definitely yes i feel like when first meeting certain people. But again, what's fascinating is that most people end up basically having the same stuff, end up having the same, even if their stuff is weird, most of their stuff is weird, like everybody else's stuff is weird. And so I think a way to humanize a celebrity is like by organizing their house because you're like, oh, stars, they're just like us. Like it becomes really familiar really, really fast. And so I think even if there's been a minute of like, whoa oh my gosh but what's interesting is like I was talking to someone about this recently we have so many wonderful clients obviously both famous and non-famous but we've never organized for like a Brad Pitt so I can't say that I've ever been like you know met a celebrity client who I'm like oh I had a crush on you since I was like 12 and I would yeah. I would wonder how, how I would feel in that sort of situation because I think that might be a little different. Like there's no reality where like Brad Pitt hires us, but if he did, I feel like that's the like type of person that might be a little hard to like concentrate. But I also feel like I'm dating myself being like, ooh, Brad Pitt, but whatever, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm like, you know, I guess he's not for everyone anymore, but like to those of us, Around our age, Ali, it's like he's extremely important to the whole cultural landscape. Like, it's extremely <laughs> important. In terms of wish list, oh, I had a good one recently. Guess Brad Pitt. I guess Brad Pitt's on the wish list. I don't know though. They say, like, don't meet your heroes or whatever. So I'm sort of like, maybe he just needs to stay, stay on a pedestal. It would be kind of an interesting plot twist for the company, though, if someone, like, met, you know, a significant other. Not that I would go and meet Brad Pitt and become a significant other, but it would be interesting. (laughs) Like, that's never happened, I don't think.
1: It could be a spinoff. A spinoff show, you know. Yeah, we should totally pitch that to Netflix or (laughs) whoever.
2: It's sort of like, um, do y'all remember Room Raiders on MTV, where they would go into each, like, you would pick someone to date based on what
1: their bedroom looked like yes i haven't thought about that in forever
0: like is
2: there something for us there i feel like there could be
1: that was like early when i was in MTV, like secretly watching it when my parents weren't home
2: (laughs) It was that and it was um next the dating show on the bus like all those that were on after school but i'm like now i'm wondering is there a dating show tie-in here I feel like I would have to be contestant. There's, like, very few single people that work for the Home Edit at this point. Like, very few. Well,
0: we could make it happen. We
2: could figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, Allie, that feels like it's in your wheelhouse if you want to start thinking about it.
0: Um,
2: Let's have a brainstorm. But Let's have a brainstorm. I think – who's on my wish list? This is also bad. Like, I think this shows how jaded I've gotten, which is really, really horrible because – also, too, you run the risk of like organizing at someone's house and maybe not having a pleasant experience. And then if you're like, oh, I've really always like loved and admired you, then you're like, oh, F this. And so <laughs> sometimes it feels safer, like just not to go, not to go down that road, even though most everyone is wonderful, lovely, and nice.
0: Yeah. Well, say that it's a very, very pleasant experience, like, and you guys become best friends after. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, You know what I feel like would be fun to tap into? Like, I feel like, obviously, we really serve, like, a a very specific demo, but I feel like there's some, like, young, fun people that I would be, like, interested to see kind of what their world is like, sort of, like, a Sydney Sweeney sort of vibe. Like, What is it like when you're, like, you know, 26 and, like, mega famous and, like, the it girl of the moment? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe some, like really current person's like you know first house because i think people you know you live in like a shit apartment in los angeles and then you get a couple big projects then you move into this some amazing mansion so it's like i feel like that could be cool someone who's like right now like really having the moment Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: i feel like that could be a cool project to kind of set someone up for the
1: first time in that way yeah mine would always be Blake Lively the answer to any question for me is yeah like Lively that's such a good one such a good one
0: my like Brad Pitt would have been definitely Taylor Lautner if I would have gone to his <gasps> house to organize I would have fallen out and died
2: can I tell and, you that feels like very feasible like he feels like he and his wife like would be a client of the home edit so like don't rule it out and you can like apprentice one day
0: yeah if they are I'm showing up as Allie <laughs> i'm coming he
2: just feels like do you think that's wrong Allie? like it feels like that's an email we would get like i feel hey. like he
0: would
1: like live in brentwood or somewhere
0: yeah, <laughs> and like he just, just got married he just got married yes. to a, a very normal like nurse also named taylor so they're taylor and taylor
2: lot. taylor and taylor i think about that a lot like what do they call each other what do other people call them bird it's, thinks about yeah. taylor and
1: taylor a lot I
2: love Taylor Launders. So. Okay, from from Twilight, you love him. What else would you love yeah, him from? Like, that wasn't even his
0: career, But basically just Twilight, but he was like my first crush, and I feel like all of the guys I've ever liked have like, looked like him in a way, in one way or like another. Like it really made a mark. It did, yeah. <laughs> did really you like really
2: him in Twilight when he had that weird long hair? <laughs> Okay, that still for did it for sure. you. That's interesting. That's just good to know.
0: <laughs> I was so team werewolf. People would always make Edward Jacob. I'm like, are you on crack? Why would you be team Edward ever? I there was just was nothing for Edward. me
2: there with either of them.
0: Bad vibes all early. around. I feel like you would be team Edward for sure. <laughs>
2: I was okay, but like Edward had like a real bundle of his own issues.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> I was into him, but I wasn't as obsessed as you were with Taylor. Yeah, it you sounds know, like when no he got married, me. I was devastated. When he got married three months ago, like let's just be clear, this was really this devastation was recent. No, I received yeah. like a hysterical phone call that Taylor Lautner was <laughs> off the market.
2: <laughs> it actually just like I feel like it would hurt me more if I were you that she's like normal, like she just is a normal person.
0: But my friends are always like. Taylor Lautner is, you know, washed up and, and gained a bunch <laughs> of weight. I'm like, I don't care. Also, like, so harsh. Does he deserve that I heat? Not really.
1: Oh I my was God. thinking
2: recently about how outrageous it is that he and Taylor Swift dated and were in that movie. And Oh, Valentine's today. Day. At the time, it was so important. But I feel like she is probably like, what a weird blip in my career that I did <laughs> that. How odd. <laughs>
1: I know he probably thinks about it all the time. Um, Okay. Well, for all the normal people out there, what Mm -hmm. are some quick and easy steps to take to get organized if you have no idea where to start? Because this could be like a foreign language to some people. Like some people just don't get it.
2: And I think that's right. And I think starting is the hardest part because I do think it actually feels really good. Like once you get into a routine, it's like almost sort of like exercise – Not that I think exercise feels nice, but, like, this is what I'm told. And so I think you kind of have to, even if it seems like a chore or it seems, like, not the most fun way to spend a Sunday afternoon, I think if you even just dedicate an hour to it to get started. It sounds cliche. We say it a lot. But, like, even just start with your junk drawer. Like, start really small, and I think you'll feel – that kind of hit of gratification quickly and I think especially if it doesn't come natural naturally to you if you try to start with a huge project and by that I mean like your closet or your kitchen or like a whole room of your house like that can get discouraging really quickly if you don't know what to do and it can kind of I think put people in analysis paralysis and make things really frustrating really quickly. And so I think even if you are feeling like it's something you want to start, like trying not to bite off, trying to bite off honestly less than you think you can chew to begin is a good way to start. And I also think too, if it doesn't come naturally to you, like you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Like, as we've heard here today, Allie is just, like, the queen of throwing everything away. But if you don't like doing that, don't feel like you have to be ruthless on your first pass. Like, your first pass could even, like, in your, you know, pantry, for example, the first pass is as easy as, oh, is this expired? Like, you don't have to put any more thought into it than that. And kind of as you build up that muscle of getting rid of things, then you can get into the, like, We don't eat these, we should donate them, or we never use this appliance, we should sell it, whatever it is. But like, be gentle with yourself in the beginning if it's not something you're used to, and kind of take the lowest barrier to entry and say, like, I'm just gonna get rid of trash, I'm just gonna get rid of expired stuff that really, like, there's no emotional judgment that has to be made there. It's really just practical. Because it definitely can get harder when it gets into like the emotional place. So I say, start small. Don't be too hard on yourself.
1: I really hope our mother is listening to this because the woman is always organizing her closet. Every time I go home for the past like five years, she's like, oh, I really need help organizing my closet. (laughs) It's a never-ending project. And she'll bring up clothing items that I told her to get rid of every time we talk about it she's like oh remember that gold skirt like I love that gold skirt and you made me get rid of it I feel like moms
2: moms also at least now I'm going to generalize between your mom and my mom which is like I can get her motivated to do a project but then to actually get the stuff out of the house is like a total other story Mm. like she will agree like yeah the gold skirt needs to go but then somehow the gold skirt like does not leave the property
0: (laughs) literally my mom the day was just in our closet with her her head like in her hands and i was like what's wrong she goes i just have way too many sweaters i'm like get rid of that!" like what's like, going like,
2: on this this is easy unfortunately i introduced my mom introduced by introduce i mean forced basically at knife point uh my mom to start thread up over christmas oh, i yeah. was like Look, this is great. You just throw it in this bag. That's all we have to do. And then I dropped the bag off before I left home for Christmas. I took it. I took it to FedEx. I was like, okay, we have to get it out of the house though, because now the sealed bag could be here for a while, and we don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> What's thread up? I haven't heard of this. It's like an
2: online consignment site. But what I really like about it, like, you definitely no shade to throw it up. Like you can't send clothes in thinking you're going to get all this money back.
0: No.
2: But what I like about it is that they send you a huge just like mailing shipping bag and you just dump clothes in it. And then when you're done, you seal it up, send it to them and they sell everything for you. So I think if you want more money, like you do Poshmark because you control the price or whatever. But this is more like I want it out of the house, and I don't want to just donate everything. Like, I want to try and see if anything will sell. So they sell it for you. And if it doesn't sell, they donate it for you, which I like, too. Um, And it just – I don't know. To me, it's, like, psychologically a nice way to get rid of stuff because you're not thinking, like, I spent all these money on this clothes. Yeah. But – like, I couldn't do Poshmark because I'm not messing with, like, oh, sending I people Poshmark.
0: packages.
2: Can't be bothered. Sir. Certainly
0: not. Can't be bothered. <laughs> well, I started this, like, side hustle that I've had my whole life of having a closet account. And I will literally, like in college, made so much money making this closet Instagram account. Like one time my dad was like, okay, if you want to go on the ski trip, you have to pay for it yourself. So I spent like five hours in my closet, pulling things, taking pictures, and then made like all the money for the ski trip in one night just from like, but it's so much work. Like you, Allie's done too. Oh, but it before I'm so too. impressed. But it's so hard. Like you have to take like all the pictures, post, like model the clothes, yeah. pay attention to the comments, read the DMs. Like it's a lot, but it's You know, thread up is a good way if you're just like not looking to do all of that effort, but still wanting to make a little, a little bit of money because I always take things to goodwill and I'm like, I feel like some of this stuff I probably could make money off of. Um, So that's a good idea. It also feels like,
2: it's like a lot of the middle ground stuff that I feel like people like around our age wear, where it's like, I'm not really wearing like forever 21 anymore, where like you just take it to goodwill. But I'm also not wearing something that, like, the real, real is going to buy off of me. Right. And so it's like, what do I do with all of this, like, middle ground clothing? And I have no, think no idea with all these Madewell jeans.
0: Yeah. Literally.
2: Though I will say, this is my new hustle is that you can get thread up bags at Madewell. And oh. instead of giving you cash, they'll give you a Madewell gift card. And I think you get a better value off of it. Like I've noticed when I've done it that way, they've given me more money and like I'll mm-hmm. buy a pair of jeans. So
1: fine. Wow. That's so good to know. And they don't advertise that. At all.
2: And, you know, obviously if you order a bag from Up, they charge you a little bit of money to send you the bag and it may well, you just like pick it up by the cash register. Wow. Wow.
1: Okay. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I've gotten two pairs of jeans that way. Mm, Wow, that's great. I was just in midwell. I wish I would have known that, but I'm glad to know that now. Um, But yeah, I think going back to what you said, starting small is crucial. And, you know, maybe our mom should start with like a drawer in her closet instead of tackling the whole thing.
0: And she ordered all the home edit stuff from Walmart, like boxes, like not even just not even just three, like six to seven boxes of of stuff, but I I don't think we've made any progress yet. Mom, this is not to also like make fun of you. This is to encourage you because I know she's going to listen to this. But yeah, I think starting small is good because like you said, that kind of instant gratification from like your junk drawer. I just like organized my desk the other day and I'm like just sitting here so happy that it's clean. But I wouldn't have felt that unless I did it, you
2: know? Mm-hmm. Desk is such a good place to start too, or like I think like a bathroom drawer, like not your whole bathroom, but just like one drawer. But mm-hmm. speaking to your mom, like how I do it to kind of do maintenance at my house is like I'll literally just look at my T-shirts one day and like really not worry about the other stuff, but say like, okay, like I really I could lose like a couple T-shirts out of here, and then like a couple days later, if I feel like it, I'll look at my jeans or whatever. Yeah. So like, I rarely do it all at once. Rarely.
1: That's a good tip. Like sweaters one day, shoes the next. Mom, yeah. I hope you're taking notes. But yeah, I mean, I did my bathroom drawer this weekend and I like immediately felt like I had my whole life together. It was amazing.
2: It's such like a
1: serotonin, dopamine, one of those
2: hits. Like it's so, it feels so good.
0: Okay, Sumner. So if you weren't a professional organizer, what would your dream job be?
2: we've nicely identified that I would not be a politician, which I can stand by. Definitely no. Um, I will say it's been fun. It's crazy, as Allie can attest to, doing the shows that we've done in the seasons of the Netflix show, but I really did always think that I wanted to be a TV producer,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so
2: it was kind of wild that I ended up in this job that had nothing to do with TV, that like now weirdly has something to do with TV because it's been fun to see that in action. And then I sort of like ended up producing in my own ways, like parts of the show just by helping with the projects and planning ahead for that. Um, and so I like that. And I think what it has in common with organizing is like, I don't know. It's like a, another marriage of like creative, but also like operational and logistics because with both jobs, like you got to, Make sure things are running on schedule. Make sure you're sticking to a budget. Make sure you're sticking to a timeline. But like within those bigger parameters, I think you're really allowed to be creative. And so I think that's what I would do. But I'm also a really big baby about like alone time and sort of structure. And so that life would be hard, I think, because TV producers are always like going from gig to gig. They're in this city. They're in that city. They are shooting at night, whatever it is. And I think that would be like props to those people because I think it's that's hard.
1: Yeah, I can yeah. totally see you doing that. But yeah, it would be that would be a tough life to live because you never know like what your next show is going to be or where you're going to be. It's crazy. Like, I have too much like financial anxiety to
2: be like, I'm wrapping up this show and I have no clue what my next show is. Like, I don't think I could, I'd like to be that footloose and fancy free, but like, not me.
1: Yeah. I feel you on that. (laughs) Okay, so fun fact about Sumner, you love Queen Elizabeth. You literally went to England for her, what was it, her like 100th year, her 100th birthday or something? Her platinum jubilee, which was this past (laughs) June,
2: which was, I'll just share with everyone, um, celebrating her, uh, oh my God, 80th. 80th year on the throne i have to look it up because i'm gonna be embarrassed if i get it wrong it's not her birthday it's how many years she's on the throne
0: oh yeah i went to london in august and they were like coming down from the jubilee celebrations so it was so
2: fun i have a best friend who lives in london so i'm very lucky that i can you know go over there sort of um pretty easily and just you know spend time with her and stay with her but It's funny because she grew up in London. So she's like, why do you care about any of this? Like, you're embarrassing. I'm like, no, it's the Queen. It's so great. And she's like, no, you're so, like, this is deeply embarrassing. Like, stop. But, no, I'm a royal watcher for
1: sure. Uh, For sure. Okay. Well, with that being said, what are your thoughts on Spare? Are you going to read it? Like, what aren't my
2: thoughts on Spare? I think is the better question. Here's the thing. I haven't read it. But I haven't read it on purpose because, again, I should just read it myself and take it straight from the horse's mouth, but I find myself being quite frustrated by a lot of the press he's doing, and it's sort of less about what he's saying and more how he's going about it.
1: But y'all, what is Spare? Okay, so real quickly, if you've been living under a rock, Spare (laughs) is prince
0: harry's book he just released last tuesday Mm -hmm. well i've heard he's been problematic but i have not heard about this spare book
2: okay so it's very intriguing because he's like depending on kind of who you talk to he's either problematic or a hero or anything in between but he wrote a memoir and from everything i've seen like it is a tell all which you know of course because of their jobs if you want to put it that way or their lives like you just don't have people from the royal family writing tell-alls every day or every century and so I think that like my take so far and like I should read it because now I'm just running my mouth but my take is sort of like it feels like there was a book that could have been written that was a really thoughtful and conscientious insider look at the monarchy and like is there a place for a monarchy in the 21st century what's the point of it this is coming from an insider i have a lot of insight i know what to say but instead it feels like he wrote maybe a tabloid like some of the anecdotes coming out of this book are wild like sex drugs and rock and roll baby and i'm like I don't know about that book. I feel like there could have been a thoughtful book in there somewhere, but, and he's also just doing, like,
1: Allie, I think he needs you on the team. Like, I just don't know about the press strategy. I'm not aligned well, to it. I was thinking about this, so I haven't read it either, but I have read all the press surrounding it, and I, yeah. because I really did like the interview he did with Anderson Cooper, I thought mm-hmm. that was good for him. Um But I think if I was advising him, I would say to donate all the money that you're making from this book and the Netflix documentary because I feel like that's the big thing that people are struggling with. It's like they're profiting off of this tell-all type thing.
2: And it's a weird thing because I think the general, you know, kind of analysis is that, like, he is doing it for money because he left the family and his family was how, you know, he made a living for – his whole life and so you know now that he's left his family he's looking for another source of income but it's like I'd almost like it then just be transparent about that and he's now saying he said in one of the interviews I think it might have been Colbert like oh no this isn't about money this is about sharing my story and it's like well both can be true but just be honest about it like yeah and I think that's I feel like it it, to me it's been interesting because to me in the past week even a lot of news outlets or specific people that I follow on Instagram, because I obviously follow a lot of you know royal watcher Instagram accounts, they have been like st- stood behind him a hundred percent. And in the past week, with just all of these interviews they're doing, I feel like the tides are turning a little bit, and people are like, "Okay, maybe we've had a bit of enough." Like oversaturation is a real thing.
0: Yeah. I agree. I I watched some of the Netflix documentary and Mm -hmm. my takeaway from like the first two episodes maybe was first of all, it was just partly annoying. I hated how Megan was calling him H. Like we know, we know it's Harry. I mean, it's Prince Harry. And then also when she like was talking about how she met him and she was like, I didn't even know anything about him. I just saw his Instagram and he loved animals. I'm like, yes, you did know him. Yes, you did. Because we all know him. It's Prince Harry. And right. my other takeaways, I just think that he is just super traumatized, and he thinks that yes. like the press killed his mom, so he's like trying to fill that void by being the hero that like saves Megan. That's my Damn. take on it. Damn, childhood yeah. trauma related.
2: I think there's majorly something to that, and that's something I think about too. Like, from my understanding, the book he like really comes after his brother and Kate, like less so coming after his father and he like really doesn't touch his grandparents at all, which I'm like, good, that's right. Like they are they can't speak for themselves, they've passed away, like come on. But apparently he really focuses it on William. And what I think is interesting about that is it feels like a lot of the things that William does that bother him are like probably a result of William's childhood trauma. Like they had the same thing happen to them. Obviously what came of that was different for both of them. But, like, they both lost a parent in a really violent and dramatic and traumatic way. And so part of me to Harry is, like, you're asking for, like, a lot of patience and grace around, like, stuff you've done because you are so traumatized. But you're just, like, really pissed at your brother for a lot of stuff he's done. But it's, like, he also went through the same thing. And I don't think – I don't think the royal family is, like, really – into therapy work so it's like none of like neither of them were given the chance to like heal properly
1: yeah there's a lot of uh work that needs to be done there around all the trauma because it is traumatic i mean they literally thought their mom was not dead until they were like in their Mm -hmm. early 20s it's so sad
0: yeah and i think that like it's also not fair because prince william and kate can't really just like pop off back like they're kind of like Mm -hmm. held back by being like royal still so right they're
2: still involved it's like they really aren't in the position to comment which i'm also glad because it feels like if we're already kind of over this if it became like a tit for tat like that i would be like oh i'm out like the queen elizabeth era is over and i'm out like i can't deal with this how did you handle her death were you
0: really sad was it bad for you yeah
2: Well, here's what was cool. I liked being there during the jubilee because, obviously, like she was an interesting figure because, kind of, different people on different sides of the political spectrum in England like feel differently about her or feel differently about the monarchy. But she is not like an innately political figure. Like she's above, you know, whoever whichever party's in charge, whatever. And so, coming from America, where politics are such a shit show. It was really fun to be there during the Jubilee because, I mean, everyone was like, she's just the best. We love her so much. And everyone was just like celebrating and they had all these really fun street parties and they had days off of work and everyone was just in such a good mood. And I mean, they're English people, so they're not like, woo, all the time, but like they were having a really great time. And so I was glad that I got the chance to experience that. And then, well... This is good for this podcast. I was at work one day in probably, what, like July? And friend of the podcast, Libby, just Uh. screams and says, oh, my God, the queen's dead. And I was like, Libby, that's not funny. What are you looking at? Like, that's not funny. And she's like, no, no, no. It's right here on my phone. The queen is dead. The queen is dead. I was like, "No, let me see your phone." And it was literally the website she was on was like pop Max dot like <laughs> whatever. I was like, "Pddy, really? you cannot do this to me. You need to check your sources before you make a big statement like this in the workplace." And she was like, "Oh, is it not true?" I was like, "No, it's not true." So that was um very traumatizing to me and then it was funny because when she actually died Shayna texted me and was like don't come into work today and i was like why and she said no one here really understands why the queen died like why (laughs) it's a big deal that the queen died and everybody's kind of joking and like you won't like the vibes over here so i literally (laughs) stayed away
0: (laughs) oh my gosh we were at a dinner in italy and we looked over we were in Lake Como and Allie was there and we look over and this family's like, <gasps> they were like melting down. And we were like, I was like, oh my God, she told the whole family she's pregnant. I don't know why. I thought of that. <laughs> and I was like, no, Allie, they look Beautiful. really, really upset. Like they don't look like happy crying. They're like sobbing, you know? And I'm like, I don't think that's it at all remotely. <laughs> I don't think they're happy. No, I think,
2: again, it's like my friend who I... Um, visit over there. She's just like she did Jubilee stuff with me and she also was like in a great festive mood. But like on the day-to-day, she's like, whatever. And like, you know, she was really sad when the queen died. Like, I think, because especially it's so weird. Like, we don't have anyone remotely equivalent to that in America. Like, someone who's just been like a figurehead and person in your nation for like Our whole lifetimes, parents' whole lifetimes, like, they're just nothing equivalent. So I think it's also just such a shift, like, in that weird way for them.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, to kind of move away from the Queen Elizabeth life. I could go for hours. um, (laughs) This is a segment that we do in the beginning of our show, but is there anything that you are loving right now? Anything at all that I'm loving. Yeah, just any random thing.
2: Um, What am I loving? Um, If you need further confirmation that I'm actually 90 years old, since I just talked about The Queen for 20 minutes, um, the thing I'm loving right now is a TV show that just came out on Netflix called Breakpoint. And did either of you guys watch Drive to Survive about Formula One on Netflix or, like, know what I'm talking about? No. No. Basically, I'll make this short as I can, but – Drive to Survive, I have to recommend it to so many hot dudes on this show. Okay. But it's about Formula One car racing, you know, that mostly happens in Europe. But they basically follow everyone involved for a whole season. And so it's not just, like, from one team's perspective or one driver's perspective. It's, like, really understanding, like, the whole sport. So the people who made that show made one about tennis and it came out this weekend and I'm loving it but what made me laugh was that I read a review for it before I watched it and it was like does breakpoint prove that tennis is boring yes and I was like oh this is gonna be perfect for me and so then I watched it I loved it I thought it was so interesting but tennis is another sport with a lot of hot dudes and so they're following a lot of really cute boys around the world starting in Australia then they go to France and so I watched all five episodes this weekend, so that's what I'm loving right now.
1: Bird loves a sports documentary or show, so I feel like you'd be all into that.
0: Well, I mostly watch, like, football documentaries, but I could get maybe possibly down with tennis, possibly.
2: Like, are you, uh, like, an all-or-nothing girl? Like, hard knocks girl?
0: Those kinds of Um, Like, yeah, I like – I just finished watching one called Boys in Blue, and it's about, like, a high school team – that like is really low income high school in Minnesota or Very yeah cool. it was it was a lot but I just I kind of like you know underdog stories I would say
2: do you watch um last chance you on Netflix
0: yes yes that's so good,
2: good that's a good one so good um yeah I think if you don't care about tennis Breakpoints boring but like drive to survive like is a fun time
0: that's really cool. I actually need a new Netflix show. So maybe I'll give that one a try. Bird and I like, can't really relate on shows
1: because I'm over here like binging Emily in Paris season three, and she's like, what's that? <laughs> I also haven't watched that show since season one. Oops. Season three is the best so far. Um, okay, last question. Is there an affirmation or a mantra that you are kind of living by right now?
2: Um, I don't know if this is an affirmation or a mantra, but it's sort of a concept that, like, is seeping into me, which is Catherine, my boss at The Home Edit, and I had this great conversation about the concept of time integrity the other day, and I keep reflecting on it, but basically the concept of time integrity is, you know, valuing your own time and valuing other people's time. So, like, at work, it means you know, being on time to meetings and then making sure that the meetings like are efficient and useful. Like, so you're not just sitting on a call to sit on a call, like really Mm -hmm. making it worth everybody's time. And like in your private life, time integrity is being on time for your friends if you're getting dinner or if you've promised to do a weekend together to like holding to that date. And I just liked it because I feel like it's something that like, I can put out into the world, but also like I was listening to y'all talk about boundaries. Like it's, such, it's like a feels like a safe sort of healthy boundary to set. Like I'm always going to respect your time and what that means to you. And so like, I want everybody to do the same for me. So I've just been thinking about time integrity a
1: lot recently. I love that. We, um we just did an interview with um the author of happier hour and we talked about time tracking and, um, I just, I love that book. It's amazing. And I just think the concept of time and, you know, before you realize it, you're like, wow, I haven't been maximizing my time. I haven't been using my time the best of my ability. I haven't been doing the things that actually bring me the most joy. And so I think time is something that people really need to sit and kind of think about and how, how they're using their time.
0: Organizing your
1: time. I loved listening to that episode. Organizing your time. Yeah.
2: I loved listening to that episode and y'all talking to her because I feel like so much of the work that's done about time is about, like, efficiency and, like, maximizing Mm -hmm. output. And I just loved y'all's conversation because it was, like, about, no like, time as it relates to happiness and fulfillment and, like, being joyful. I thought it was great.
1: Yeah. I mean, even last week, I am such, like, a January hibernation person. Like, I just want to be home and be in my bed, take a bath. But I made plans pretty much every night last week And it was such a great week. Like I had the best week, even though there are things that I could have done to be efficient or, you know, just things that I could check off my list. But instead I actually was like, no, I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to go to this show. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend
0: it. Yeah. And thanks for being such a listener. Sumner to all of us. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I, I love them all. I loved
2: that one. I have a friend, who kind of in the new year is trying to really change her relationship with time. She has some procrastination issues. And so I was very able to nicely and gently send her a link to the podcast and say, you know, just knowing what you're kind of thinking about this year, I think you might really find this really interesting. So I sent it to her. Oh, thank you. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us. I have learned some things about organizing just from this episode so we really appreciate it and hopefully i get to meet you in person soon in Nashville. i know
2: for sure ali you need to uh, put that together next time uh, you're in town for
1: sure I know, right we'll have to take a field trip to the brand house definitely i love you <laughs> oh, yeah you'll have to make sure i'm actually there to do that